video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. I'm Jess and joining me for this week's episode is Pure Dead Craig. Hi Craig. Good morning. Mm, or good evening or good night, depends when you're listening. No, you're listening to when it drops at 9am. Oh, you're fucking dead to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, we have changed our recording schedule this week to include the Xbox Developer Direct of 2024 and all the news from that. And unfortunately that was not compatible with Andy's schedule. So it's the duo. Just us. Uh, but we will. One two punch. Yes, we will share and discuss the biggest releases coming in the next week, as well as the games that we have been playing. And as always, we round out the episode with a movie review, this week being Tropic Thunder. That's all I have to say. Oh, well, I didn't realise that was the full stop. Yes. You should maybe make a full stop motion. How are you? I'll stick to the editing. You just right. bring the humour. It's a bit, it's a bit much for me. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Do you want to know a fun fact that I discovered this week, Craig? Yes. So you know, at the end of the year, when PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, even Spotify, they all do their like wrapped up thing, and here's all your stats from the year. Yep. Right. Well, one that I was not aware of, but came across when I logged into my Tesco Club Card account. Right. Um. Turns out. Tesco did a big old thing and you, it was a wee video and it played some tunes, told you how much money you'd saved, you know, they want to get that Aye, that, there. I feel like that's very beneficial to them yes. because... here's all the money you saved by yeah. shopping with us. I see what they're doing. I, yeah. know th- I get their tactics, right? Because yeah. a lot of people might be like, new year, new me, I'm going to go to Sainsbury's. Ex- yeah, And then maybe. you get this email going, you saved fucking £900 was. Yeah, good marketing, see what they're doing. But one feature that they did have was the most items purchased, okay? Now, they only showed me the top three things that I had purchased throughout the year. Okay. Can you guess, being in the same household as me, what they were? Pepsi Max. That did feature, yes. Was it number one? It was not number one. Really? I do buy a lot of Pepsi other places. See, the thing is, I wonder if quantity two counted as like one line if you know what i mean right versus yeah it's possible plus we do we do also shop we have many vendors that is is not just tesco (laughs) yeah so number one um bread was bread yeah 48 times i think it was we purchased bread which makes sense you tend to buy a loaf it's not even that much for bread once a week i do enjoy bread yeah Uh, number two was pepsi and number three which is not a purchase of mine so it makes me question are there times where you go to a shop and purchase this without me number three was you know those like kinder bueno like the refrigerated ones i don't even know what they're called are they not kinder whatever it is it's just called like a kinder milk slice slice. milk slice 
Right, well, that's a purchase you make. Well, oh, that's all me. They're fantastic. Right. So that was the third <laughs> thing. Yeah. Like, Every what? time I don't go to Tesco without buying them. Well, that'll be why then. Yeah. And I usually buy three three lots of three at a time. Right. Okay. They come in like... I can see where little, it's added up here. Aye. They come in little bundles of three. And they're a bundle of delight, let me tell you. Okay. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. I wonder, actually, if Squinny's aware of them. <laughs> Being that he would be local and able to just nibble on sight. E- yeah. They're fantastic. Squinny, eat them. Tell us. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I suppose then you're cutting them out this year though Because we are, you know, new year, new me, let's be healthy and shit I've only had three this year Right, this year <laughs> Every day this year, Craig, I've achieved my 10,000 steps, every day You're still in the 100%? I am. yep, 100% Have you got your 10k yet yep. today? Yep, of course I have Well done, what am I I'll just tell you I'm at the point where my watch needs charged and all that. Mm. My phone did at one point glitch and it was stuck at 9999. That was hilarious. And I'm like, eh, update please, what's yeah. going on? And you're frantically waving your arm around <laughs> going, it's stuck, stuck. And it was for about 10 minutes. It was, it was just yeah. stuck at one step off. Yeah. So updated. Uh, currently today I'm only at 5,137. Uh, but um, I- I'm on a recovery day after football yesterday. Mm-hmm. I got just under 15,000 yesterday. Uh, as you remind me, I'm going to take a hot second here to put this on charge. <laughs> okay, well, Craig charges his Fitbit. Um, it's time to like take a look at the biggest releases coming next week. Although, before we do that, actually here is a list of games coming to Xbox Game Pass during the rest of January and early February 24. So we have Those Who Remain, which is out now, Turn Up Boy Robs a Bank, also out now, F123, out now, Pal World, which we spoke about in our preview episode that looks really good, is out now as well, um, Go Mecha Ball comes out January 25th, Brotato comes out on January 30th, Persona 3 Reload comes out February 2nd, and... Anichard comes out February 6th. Not a bad list. Not a bad list. I saw early reviews just come out for Power World and it's getting pretty positive feedback. Uh, looks good. I mean, it looked like a sort of mix of like maybe Fortnite, some base building, Pokemon. And yeah, they're saying so far so good. It is early access, so that's why this is only coming to Xbox at the moment and Steam because it is an early access game. Mm-hmm. And PlayStation at the moment don't do early access titles. So yeah, I, I think Nathan will definitely be jumping into this. Doesn't necessarily look like my kind of thing, no. but if it's getting positive reviews like this just now, obviously they're not done. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it could turn into a pretty good game. Um, I know there'll be a lot of folk wanting to jump on F1 as well. Um, it's coming It's coming to Game Pass because of EA Play. And I know there's a lot of people that wait because they're not necessarily that desperate to pay the £70 at launch. Mm. But if you wait six months, then you can just use that upgrade cycle. So that's cool. And Persona 3 Reload should be superb if you're that way inclined. Yeah. Okay, and the main games that are coming out next week are 
Diablo 4 Season 3, Season of the Construct. That's coming January 23rd on Xbox, PlayStation and PC. I have nothing further to say on this because I have not played any of it. No, if it's good, I'm sure we'll hear about it on Pure Dead PlayStation. Yes. Because Donnie would be all over it if it is, in fact, not a heap of shite. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We also have Lil Little Guardsman coming January 23rd on PlayStation and PC as well. Um, So it's like a deduction adventure. You play as Lil, an unlikely 12-year-old hero uncovering your dad's shift at the guard shed and your tasks with deciding the fate of over 100 unique characters. you got to like question them and yeah, use your powers of deduction to determine who you'll admit or deny based on how they respond to your questions and your trusty tools. So a little bit of a story here. <laughs> So we got a code for this game oh, beginning of the week, right? Um, I've been looking forward to it. In fact, no, last week. Uh, but I've been looking forward to it. Looks really cool. It's my type of thing. Um, it's a bit like Papers, Please, which is a game where it it's almost seems like work, but you've basically got to... Like someone will come up to the desk and you've got to sort of analyse them. You can ask them... Qu- you don't ask them questions, but you can select them and they will give you more information about themselves you also have tools like a metal detector an x-ray machine a truth spray but you only have so many uses of them okay yeah and you have to find out whether you should admit them deny them or latterly you've got a jail button as well right so i really like these sort of like i don't know it's almost like formatting games if you know what i mean mm. um so i've been playing quite a lot of it the last couple of days can't say any more of it than that because it's under embargo still but i've been playing that when i have had spare time so this morning i go to work right actual work actual work right and i sit up on the first floor but my window one of my windows looks out pretty much onto the door so i always get in early i'm in by 28 just before eight o'clock do 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 at the door downstairs and then nobody usually knocks the door it's key card access you either have access or fuck off right do 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 again the first time i didn't even bother getting up because i'm like i'm not fucking dealing with this i just came up the stairs i'm not going back down them mm-hmm. i looked down there's a guy just standing there so i was like ah fuck it steps so <laughs> get my coffee and i head down the stairs and i go to the door and he's just standing there and I honestly don't know what came over me, but it's not like I went into full game mode, <laughs> but it's like I was standing at the door fucking interviewing this guy, right? So I opened the door and he's just standing there and he was like mumbling what he was saying. And we are supposed to not let people in unless they are have valid access. So I says, all right, um, can I help you? I just, uh, just need to come in just for a, for a minute. And I'm like, well... Do you have access to come in? Aye, 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 aye. I'm like, why didn't you use a key card in the door then? Uh, I, I, I don't have a key card, uh, but I've, I've got access. But he's acting kind of shifty, right? Mm, and I'm, so I'm like, it's so weird that it mirrored this, right? So I'm like, right, but well, what, what are you here for? Is, have you got stuff to drop off? Because sometimes we do have like people that will deliver stuff to the site. And uh, he's like, no, no, I just need to go to the um, up, up uh, first floor. But he's talking under his breath, right? And he's like, first, first floor. Like that. And I'm like, right, but what is it you're doing? I'm just doing... And I can't hear what he's saying. 
And I'm like, this guy's fucking dodgy. But he's wearing a logo on his top that I do recognise. So I'm like, right, okay, in you come. And I just thought I'll just follow him and make sure that he's not doing anything untoward. Mm. So I bring him in and I'm like, do you know where you're going? Because it's a big building, there's five floors, but I'm the only person in. I'm like, do you know where you're going? Aye, aye, I know, I know. So I just started heading up the stairs and I thought he was going to go somewhere on the ground floor and I would have just sort of hung about on the stairs and made sure that he wasn't fucking about. Mm-hmm. But he starts following me up the stairs and I'm like, is this guy following me? Because he thinks I know where he's going. But he's still just, anytime I talk to him, he's talking under his breath. So we got up to the first floor and I'm like, are you sure you know where you're going? I, I, I know I'm going. I'm like, look, I need to stop you here. Why is it you're in? And he points at the, at the women's toilet. He was in to replace the sanitary towel bin, but he was embarrassed about it and didn't want to say. And I'd been grilling the guy at the door and all the way up the, stores, the stairs for like five minutes, been like, why are you here? Why are you here? But he didn't want to come out and say, I'm here to empty the blood bin. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not what it's called. So he went in and he grabbed the bin and was like, right, I'll be away now. And then he just fucking scuttled down the stairs and legged it, basically. But I'll tell you something, I'll have the platinum in this game because even in real life, I'm fucking representing. Okay. No, no fucking dodgy characters getting past me. Okay, well, I'm sure you'll tell us more about it next week when the embargo lifts. I will, I will. Okay, I'll look forward to it. Uh, Immortality comes to PlayStation on January 25th. So you may remember it originally launched in 2022 on... Xbox, Windows, um, and it's a single-player interactive horror which centres around this sort of model-turned-actress, Marissa something, can't remember her name. Marcel. Marcel, yeah. Um, so throughout the game, you sort of see her in different movies, um, ones like from the late 60s, ones in the 70s, and then there's what like a newer one and from 1999. Um, that, they're never released, I don't think, but then she goes missing, and then it's up to you as the player to sort of delve into the video clips that you've got interviews behind the scenes footage to try and solve the mystery we yeah. did not finish it i don't think or did we i think we could sidetrack towards the end it was yeah. good though i really we did enjoy what I, we I did played, really enjoy yeah. it so yeah you're going through yes you're, you're basically scraping through video footage and you've got footage from the three films but you also like you say you have beside behind the scenes footage like outtakes you've also got like it's almost like not cctv but like, kind of cameras left rolling yeah. when they're like sort of off script and you have to deduce from all this stuff what happened uh, to this girl that's gone missing. Mm. Um, not one for Baz. <laughs> no, gosh, not imagine one, if not I one for Baz. Him, uh, no. It yeah. is the same lad that brought us Telling Lies. Yeah, another game that we enjoyed, uh, and Baz Did wants not. to burn. So Baz, I'm talking to you now. What man to man? Don't play this game. But anyone else. <laughs> Do play this game. <laughs> I'm sure it got like a 91 on Metacritic. It was really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, it was a day one game pass, I think. And it was like pretty much like, I think it must have been about 18 months exclusivity because mm-hmm. it came out in the mid- middle of 2022. But really good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. We also have Hidden Through Time 2 Myths and Magic coming out January 25th on Xbox, Switch, PlayStation and PC. So you can join Clicky on a new enchanted adventure in Hidden Through Time 2 Myths and Magic. Uh, you search for hidden objects scattered around sort of hand-drawn worlds and unlock 
on more as you go there's a single player campaign and an online mode where you can create your own dream world and it says the adventure never ends craig Mm. i played the first game of this and the idea behind it i like and not maybe a bad idea to keep even our youngest child happy Mm. and occupied it's essentially like a hidden object game so think where's wally you start a level and it is that sort of there's everything going on and you have to find it'll be like find x amount of this and so you have to like you can zoom in zoom out look about and you have to find like 10 fucking i don't know apples within this picture of a world or something like that so it's all or the first game certainly was stuff like that but it did get I mean, obviously, I started playing it for the trophies. I was going to say, it, it sounds a wee bit like a shitty platinum here, Craig. Is, okay, it? No, is it better than that? I think, well, <laughs> this is almost a subgenre of games. Like, people mm. really enjoy these type of games. And they are. I mean, it's a little bit like a jigsaw kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, where's, like folk when they were young, loved Wales Wally and try to find them in every picture and stuff. So it is stuff like that. But I just found, as the first game went on, it started to get a little bit... Where you're like, there's no like I started looking up a guide eventually, and I'm mm. like, I'd never have fucking found that. Yeah. So I it did sort of outstate its welcome and get a little bit too difficult, unless you use a guide, in which case you can pick up a platinum pretty quickly. Mm. But um, I, yeah, I mean it seems like they've added online modes and stuff like. That. I think the first one was fairly popular. Mm. Okay. Uh, coming January twenty fifth on Android, iOS, and Switch. Craig is Hitman Blood Money Reprisal. Um, so this is a modernised port of the classic fan favourite entry in the iconic stealth action series and one that sweetens up the overall experience with some really helpful modern features like instinct mode and an on-screen minimap. Do you love it enough that you'll buy it for Switch or did I say it mobile, Craig? No. <laughs> but it really, really upsets me that this isn't coming to Xbox or PlayStation. Is it exclusive? or? Like... Ah, it's just coming to Switch and mobile. Yeah, I, I can't really see it coming to anything else. But with enhancements, I wish it would. I mean, maybe it is sort of a timed exclusive. If it can fucking run on iOS and Android, it can run on PlayStation and Xbox. I'd like some more achievements and trophies for that. Like, Blood Money is one of the best Hitman games. It's fucking excellent. So, aye, hopefully. I'm not, I'm not going to go back and play the Switch, though. Uh, we also have Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth coming on January 26th on Xbox, PlayStation and PC. So this looks set to provide franchise fans and action RPG players alike with the biggest series entry to date, boasting a massive game world, a reliably entertaining cast of characters and an almost overwhelming amount of quests, side quests and other activities to get stuck into. Yeah, I think we spoke about this at the... Uh, 2024 preview I played the demo of this there was an unlockable demo after you beat the last game the man who erased his name and the setting's so cool it's like a it's like I think it, I don't know if it actually is Hawaii or if it's set it's something like that Honolulu is it not? Honolulu yeah mm. Um, but I don't know if it is like an actual one to one recreation or mm. if they've just it's based on Honolulu or whatever but it was cool like massive beaches really cool world and see the thing is it's turn based combat but it was almost like I don't I mean I don't know enough about turn based combat to know if this is if I'm speaking out of turn here but out of turn no I see what you did but, there it was like sort of like active turn-based. So there was still things moving about a bit 
and it was in 3D and then you could turn around and sort of see it was almost like active time mm. like you did have time but I don't, I don't think you had infinite see what I did there <laughs> time <laughs> uh, to pull off your moves and there was parts of it that the combat that I really liked and I was like oh that's quite interesting but the problem was I played the demo for maybe half an hour and all I wanted to do was explore the world to see how cool the world was and you cannot go across the street without a pack of fucking idiots running up and, and starting a battle mm-hmm. and it's not an optional battle like you automatically then go into a battle mm-hmm. and I'm like just I don't know like I think that would really start to grate on me like it even happened in the man who erased his name but that was like almost like just third person action combat and so it took a lot longer for it to grate on me although by the end I was like holy fuck this is happening too much Mm -hmm. so I feel like that would detract for me if there was a way I don't think they'll do this but if there was a way to turn down the frequency of encounters then I would definitely give it a shot but as it stands probably not yeah and the other biggie we have coming next week on january 26th on playstation xbox and pc is tekken 8 which is technically the 10th installment in the series but the eighth mainline game um it's just false market on it <laughs> yeah it's one of those ones um it's a fine game in it I mean, to be fair, the Xbox 360 wasn't the 360th Xbox, so... That is also true. Yeah, I, I played the demo a little bit. I think if you like Tekken, it's going to be excellent. But, I mean, I retired as the champ years ago, so... No need for me to get involved. No. No. <laughs> okay, that's your picks for this week, then. I have a new feature for us, Craig. Yes. It's called Guess That Game. Dun, dun, dun. We need Andy for some intro beats to um, to see us through on this. And he will be playing in future. We might rotate who does it every week, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So you can get involved as well. Yes, but for this week, I'm going to go first. Yeah. So. Well, you made up the game, so we, know, we need you to do it first so we know yes. how to play. Okay, so it's called Guess That Game. Okay. I've got three Metacritic review snippets and I'm going to read them out. Okay. And your job is to guess that game. So you've got three from three different games? No, three from three different reviewers. Right, okay, right. Okay. okay. So I'll read one. If you think you know it, shout it out. Okay. Then I'll keep going. Okay. Um, If you don't know it, I might give some clues. Okay. Um. Uh, is this structured in such a way that like the second one gives away more and the third one gives away more? No, I'm no, no, that would not, take far too much I've effort, not put it? that much no, effort into no, it. No, it's <laughs> going all the way around for you. Mm. Right, okay. Okay. Number one. Right. You ready? Yes, all okay, right. right. Following years of mysterious anticipation, the game delivers on all fronts. An accomplished, fascinating set of gameplay mechanics allow you to make deliveries the way you want to, while social features let the game live on once you've put the controller down. It may become slightly tiresome as you hit the halfway mark, but the phenomenal narrative is on hand to pick things back up again and its outstanding visuals are the cherry on top. The game doesn't raise the bar for any particular genre, it creates an entirely new one. 
Am I only allowed one guess, or if I guess and it's wrong, can we keep going? I don't know. I've not really, you know, thinned out the the rules of this game yet. Right. It's just if I'm allowed one guess, then I'm not going to guess yet. But if I'm allowed to guess and then it's wrong and I can keep going. No, I think you just guess and first person to get it, although it's just you tonight. Right. Okay. Um, is it Death Stranding? Correct. Is it? Well done. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually surprised I got that first time. It was just after it was mysterious, years of mysterious anticipation. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, there was something else you said. Deliveries. Deliveries, yeah. There's not a lot of games where it's where it's delivery. Damn it, I'd have beat Andy there because he never played that much of that I game. And he'd have been raging that I beat him to a Kojima game as well. I like this game. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week when I'm shit at it and I hate it. <laughs> Yes, one one point to Craig so far. Uh, okay, so let's talk about what games we've been playing this week, Craig. Okay, I'll go through mine because I've not played very much this week. Um, I played a couple of games and then I've played small amounts of the games you've played. Okay. So I'll go through mine and then I can sort of complement what you've played. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so uh, just to briefly mention, we are still playing through The Wolf Among Us and uh, discussing it on Discord. We did, thanks to a few of us having a busy week, delay talking about episode two, and this Sunday we're going to discuss episodes two and three. Okay. So, yeah, still enjoying that. It's such a fucking great game, honestly. If any, You don't have to discuss it with us on Discord. If you haven't played Wolf Among Us, though, just play it, like... It's a game I've completed maybe six or seven times, I think. Like, a lot. I Maybe six times, I think. For a narrative game. A game that's almost entirely narrative, that's a lot for me. And it's it's just so good. Can't recommend it highly enough. Um, I have also played a little bit of a game called The Spy Who Shot Me. Okay. Which is a game that I don't think that many people will have heard of. It's been on PC for about four years now. Finally made it over to console. Uh, we get sent a code through. I hadn't actually heard of it beforehand. But it's essentially like a funny take on James Bond and Goldeneye from the N64. Mm-hmm. So the graphics are intentionally designed to look like the Goldeneye of 1997. Okay, got you. Ooh. And the, <laughs> you play as Agent 7 right um unique yes and like it's got very similar music even down to the part where like people who have a lot of sort of nostalgia for goldeneye will remember when you so you'd have the bond music but then when you pressed the button to go into the mission list the music would then change it was a very unique music that played in that screen it does that Mm. like there's just so many clear nods. Um, the game itself is fun. I mean, it's not brilliant. It's a first-person shooter, uh, very basic, but it's actually quite funny. So it has voice acting, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's either one or two people putting on voices okay. to sound like different characters, right? And your man, Agent 7, sounds like Mr. Bean. And they are clearly going for a comedic angle in it. Um, but I've only played the first two missions so far, so I'll play more before I, I, I give my full review. But it essentially seems like a piss take on Goldeneye. 
and it's only about maybe two and a half, three hours long or something like that. Has favourable reviews on Steam, and it's now on both PlayStation and Xbox, so worth checking out, I would imagine. And the other game I have played that you haven't, but only for 15 minutes so far, we only got the code through earlier today, uh, is Bulletstorm VR. As I say, I only played about 15 minutes of it so far. It definitely stays true to the original game. Um, complete with the cutscenes, like like a lot of these sort of VR ports, when it comes to a cutscene, it just comes out as like a like a two D screen, and shows you the original cut screen. Mm-hmm. There's not really been anything changed. Um, the game itself seems like almost a one to one sort of adaptation into VR. Although I remember, so I did play Bullet Storm back in the day when it first came out, but I don't remember that. Well, I didn't think I remembered that much about it. But then when I was doing the sort of tutorial bit in VR, there was something in my head that was like, this is a wee bit different. There's something a bit different here. And so once I, like I said, I only had a chance to play 15 minutes, but once I came out, I loaded up a walkthrough on YouTube. And sure enough, you start off by shooting a bottle off a guy's head. And then after that, there's a commotion and you have to go, like, do, it teaches you how to, like, fucking crawl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That bit's taken out. Mm. But you can't crawl and... Well, you could, but... <laughs> It'll just be a crouch button, do you know what I mean? But that bit's been taken out, and it's it's just really weird. Like, in, so in VR, you shoot the bottle off the guy's head, you evacuate the guy out into space, and then you walk over and you shoot a panel, and you go through a door. But before you shoot that panel, there's a bit where you have to, like, duck down and go through like a, an area that's been ransacked and that bit's just randomly not there. But everything else so far is exactly the same. Mm. So if, if you have love for Bulletstorm and you enjoy VR, I think you'll really enjoy it. And even if you don't have love for Bulletstorm, so far it seems like a pretty good first-person shooter in VR. Uh, graphics, nothing to write home about. Gameplay, really good so far. Mm. Definitely a bit of jank, though. Like So your other characters that are with you, there hasn't been one A to B yet where they haven't like I don't know sort of like glitched a little bit in some way or another, which is a little bit immersion breaking, but not too bad. Um, my only other thought so far on it is I maybe noticed this at the time, but it just it was so obvious. I don't mean this is a negative, right? But because it is, Bulletstorm is a good game, but. I didn't realise as much until now, and maybe I should have, how much it's like a fucking first-person pre-mark version of Gears of War. <laughs> like, it really, really is. It's this heavy bro shooter. And it just, I don't know, even the characters, you're just like, where's Marcus Phoenix? Is he mm-hmm. about? In the about? Uh, but yeah, good so far. And I'll report back more on that next week. We do also have... Uh, got a code through for a game called Toy Trains in VR which I didn't actually know was coming out but I got it recommended to me by Alex from Crossbutton VR friend of the show he was actually the first to platinum it in the world oh well wow. done Alex well done yep he's starting he's, he's coming to the dark side <laughs> he has, the train has arrived at the dark side <laughs> he was chuffed to bits, uh, but he loved the game, said it was really good, uh, brought it onto my radar, so I've got it installed and we'll check that out for next week. Um, but until then, if you want to hear more about that, Alex has a video up on their YouTube channel and definitely check that out. Okay. 
What about you, Jessica? Well, I've been itching to talk about the cub for like two weeks now since we got early access to it and have been playing it. And it's really good. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Um, I mentioned in my review, which is on YouTube, that if you're familiar with Demagogue Studios' previous titles, Golf Club Nostalgia, which has been renamed like from Golf Club Wasteland, which is what yeah. it originally came out as, um, you might recognise the kind of game's backdrop. It's a kind of desolate and overgrown planet Earth. And I think visually it looks really... It's striking, isn't it? Uh-huh. I think they just do well to kind of bring the world to life but also capture this sort of dystopian earth setting that you're in and there's also these like neon lit signs that sort of flicker and just when you read some of them like it's like they're really trying to offer like subtle hints as to what perhaps went on there before and the big corporations that were there all like you know there's google but it's like google or whatever you know uh, it's re- a fake book uh-huh. as well. yeah stuff like that and um, so yeah if you as i say if you're familiar with um golf club wasteland and also there's a game called called high water which i've not played yet but it's the same world that yeah. it's set in i believe it's an exclusive on netflix but it, i think right. it is coming out this year to console so i'm looking forward to that and i definitely will jump in yeah, I cause fuck playing that on Netflix. Yeah. They don't even have a trophy system. Well, no. So yeah, there's there was an announcement today, Chris, and Discord popped it up that IGN have some sort of exclusive where they're gonna re- reveal the release date for that. Oh, okay. And there's so there's a wee stream coming on the twenty sixth. So we should get details then. Okay, yeah, good. And I think it'll be quite a quick turnover because if it's already there, I can't imagine it's that big a port from essentially mobile yeah onto onto playstation yeah um so yeah you play as this young boy who's only ever referred to as the cub um from from the name of the game and he is sort of left behind i guess to perish on earth and there's martians from mars which is you know where humanity has evaded to um they sort of return i don't know if they're just patrolling or scoping the place out for some sort of recon i don't know but um they spot them and then so this sort of game of chase begins and they're trying mm. to hunt you down the entire game so that's what you're essentially doing during the gameplay just trying to escape and uh, evade uh, these martians and also you know the other obstacles and enemies that you come across throughout yeah. the world um i think that they, they sort of said in their um marketing of this game that it's taken inspiration from the the classic 90s platformers and you can definitely see that throughout there's lots of little nods to things that you might have played before yeah um but you know they have done that but they've not really brought anything new to the table i wouldn't say like you know it it is your typical platformer that yeah you know there's nothing formulaic a bit uh uh-huh which is fine like it's a good it's a good game for that um it is a very short experience which on one hand excites me yeah like on one hand it's good but you know i was left sort of wanting more i guess so i suppose you could kind of look at it in the negative it was too short but also it's good that it fulfilled you but also makes you want more do you know what i mean i think as well the fact like it's really cool that they are like when this team seems to bring out a new game it's in that universe Mm -hmm. and so they can almost expand on it and like each, I mean, I don't know that much about High Water, but I mean, so far you've got 
uh, golf club. I, well, for always call it golf club waste, wasteland because that's what it was when I played it. But mm. it's essentially a two D golf game. Mm. And I, by the way, a fucking excellent two D golf game that everyone should play. Golf club wasteland is fucking superb. But so you've got a two D golf game. Now you've got a platformer. Mm. I'm not sure what high water is, but like they're able to sort of turn their hand to different types of games. Mm-hmm but almost have them as if they're chapters in this ongoing story, which is mostly delivered to you through one of the highlights across the games, which is the radio station. Yeah, I was just about to come on to that. So yeah, the soundtrack of the game is essentially this radio nostalgia from Mars, and it's a radio show that obviously plays music, but also broadcasts snippets from like people that now live on mars and they talk they're talking about all oh, my life on earth and yeah. you know we did this we did that um, and then you also get little like updates like news bulletins type things where they're like oh we've spotted there's rumors that there's been a, a young boy that's not true and stuff like that and um or also when um charlie who is the main character in golf club wasteland like he makes an appearance uh-huh. um so yeah, like they talk about him as well and stuff like that. So it's it's you don't have to play have had played the other games to appreciate this, yeah. but I think it definitely does help. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, it's as I say, it's not bringing anything new. It's challenging, but not you know too challenging to the point where you're like frustrated with yeah. it. You know, I died a lot. I'm not going to pretend I didn't. Like I've played it for half an hour so far, and I got to a bit where I died like seven yeah. times in a row. And I, I came to you and was like, "Am I doing something <laughs> wrong here?" No. And you were like, "No, just be better." Yeah, that's it. Because um, you, I think that's the thing. You go, "I could have made that jump if I just pressed the button Aye. the right fucking time." Um, there's actually a trophy for dying ten times or ten different ways. I think it is. I got that early. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to be fair because. <laughs> There's been games before where the trophy is die in X amount of different ways, right? And you have to be vigilant Mm -hmm. because there's only that many ways to die. And there might be only once in the game that you come across water or a certain type of enemy. And so... When I, so you told me about how good the checkpoint system was because I never started playing it until after you'd completed it. Mm-hmm. And to this point, I've only played half an hour. I think I said that. but um, So yeah, each time I came across some sort of new danger, I was like, walk straight in at that one. <laughs> and I I think it was like the second trophy I got was the dying 10, day, yeah. <laughs> 10 different ways. I was fucking electrocuting myself, drowning the whole lot. Yeah, um, yeah I, see that when we're just talking about the... The radio station, like, mm-hmm. there's something about that guy's, the radio presenter's voice. I just think it's so soothing. Like, it's set up that way, but uh-huh. it's just, like, I could put on the back, the musical background to that to go to sleep. Like, I just think it is very radio nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, I, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. So, yeah, definitely one I'd recommend. As I say, it's two, three hours max. Um so a nice little one in between bigger titles if that's what you're looking for. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I'll be playing more of it when I finally get time. Yes, and the other game that I have spent a very a lot of time playing this week is Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Um, so I didn't really have high expectations for this, or not ex- expectations, but just I've got no great love for the series like mm. I, I definitely have played one of the games but I couldn't tell you which one it wasn't like the 3D one it was definitely a, back in the snares uh-huh, like an older one but I don't I mean I would have been really young I don't remember it yeah 
um, at all. Because you're lucky enough to have been really young when the stairs came out. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. Whereas I was, I mean, to be fair, I was really young, but I was like <laughs> 10 or 11 or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty hooked on this game, I'm not going to lie. In terms you of. Certainly spent a fair bit of time playing it. Yeah, so in terms of like the story. It's, you know, simple save the day type stuff, you know, there's, you know, but it did kind of capture me, like, or captivate my interest when I started yeah. playing I it. don't think there was any chance, really, of the story being this fucking award-winning narrative. No. Um, graphics, I don't think, it, you know, anything crazy to write home about either, that it's okay, like, it looks good. They're nice, I, th- I think, I, I like the art style, like, I yeah. think it's nice, but uh, it's nothing groundbreaking. No, um... The voice acting as well, and I, I mean, I'd say the lip syncing at times isn't amazing. The voice acting sort of it, it's added to my enjoyment of it in the way that it sounds ridiculous sometimes. So like, yeah, again, I've played a small amount of this, maybe an hour max. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a couple of characters that they speak, and I'm like, that's not you. No, that's not you. No, the, the, I mean the, we are the, playing the obviously the just, English version, uh-huh. whereas you know the other voices languages do not affect the characters. Um, it's just the way that the Sargon, who's the, the character that you play as, he, he says Sounds like an English talk. Yeah, but then there's another ca- character called Anahita, and he just it's the way he says it every time when he's he's like Anahita, and I'm like, oh my god, shut up! But it amuses me, so it also makes me enjoy it. But yeah, what's hooked me is the gameplay, and mm. um, the platform and the puzzles, the combat is. It's brilliant. Yeah. Like, I really like it. And even from the get-go, like, it's not as if your character... Like, you do need to, like, level up and build new skills and upgrade and all that kind of stuff. But, like, even from the get-go, like, the way you move around and the, mm, the sort fluid. of acrobatic abilities that you have just all works really seamlessly. That's That was... I know, like you say, you didn't play them, but so I, I don't have any Prince of Persia history from back in, like, the 2D era. But I did play like Sands, Sands of, Time of Time and was it the Two Thrones? There was a trilogy on PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Was it PlayStation 2? The Sands of Time was this, the first in a trilogy of games anyway, 3D games. And I played them and that was that was their calling card was that the, the combat was really fun and fluid. Uh, so they've managed to carry that on really well. Mm-hmm. But that's about as much as I can say. So back to you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, you know, for I, I don't normally play these type of games, I wouldn't say, like an yeah. open Metroidvania, like, but I don't know. I just, I'm really enjoying it. I'd say the combat the, the, is really good and there's different enemies and I think the way they offer the upgrades is nicely done, like, because you come across paths or areas you can go down that you can't get to quite yet, but it's never too far away for you to... Find unlock it and remember and they do have these memory shards that you can so you basically press the down button and it'll capture it like take, it takes a little photograph essentially that you can go back to to be like oh yeah there was a door there that i couldn't get to at this point but to be honest I, i've not really used that feature as much as i thought i would because i'm never too far away that you forget to, uh-huh i'm right. like that like maybe it's, i've just got a good memory of where things were i don't know but it's a it's a cool it's feature a nice to put that in though because yeah. i have played quite a few of these type of games and there's not many that i can think that have had that because yeah, yeah like 
you might you say it's not that far away, but maybe at the time you're like, well, fuck it, I want to keep going just now, but I'll come mm. back to it way later. Yeah. So then, then it becomes handy. Yeah, I'm quite, I don't know, maybe not everybody plays it the same way as me, that I like to sort of explore as much as I possibly can before moving on, whereas some people might just try and beeline it for the, the path that they think will take them to the next you know main quest story progression i'm like you if there's if i come to a fork in the road and mm-hmm. it says this is the way to progress the story i will 1000 percent go, go the other the way because i'm like yeah. there might be an upgrade or something down here yeah um but i mean some of it is hard some of the mm. like the timing of your jumps and all that kind of stuff there's you know spikes coming at you there's enemies coming at you um that bit you were doing last night <laughs> There's like a time trial sort of section. Yeah, kind of. Fucking hell. Did I do I mean, it or did I give up? Okay. No, you gave up eventually. Okay, you were yeah. you were getting frustrated and I was looking at it going, I am not looking forward to this bit no. because that needed some precise timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, as I say, I'm not at the point where I'm like, I mean, I was tired last night and then I had been playing it for hours and I was like, I need to put this off now. But... Aye, that, you were on about six or seven hours yesterday. Yeah. Um, but... I'm not at the point where I'm like, I'm done with this, it's too hard. I can't, you know, it, it's still, I'm like, it's possible, I just need to get it right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's good. Which is a sign of good level design. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm probably about three quarters of the way through now, to be honest. Oh, you've um, been hammering it, aye? Yeah, so... I'll no doubt have more to say on it next week once I've hopefully completed it. Um, but yeah, from what I've played so far, I definitely would recommend, um, as seems to be the case with many other reviewers. Um, I think it's sitting with like an 87, so yeah. it's, you know, very highly rated, you know, a good start to the year for it, certainly. Definitely. Yeah. I think we're, I mean, we're talking about how 2024 isn't going to reach the heights of 2023, and I definitely think that's the case, but... You look at the start of this year, like Prince of Pairs just came out, got an 87. I think Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth is going to get probably high 80s. I think Tekken 8 is going to get high 80s. And that's just January. Mm. So, aye, we're not hurting for games. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so let's just run through a couple of news items from earlier in the week then before we get to all the announcements from the Xbox Developer Direct. News, news, always believe in the news. We are bringing you the news with your digging team. Always so as was first reported by Respawn First, Take-Two have filed a trademark dispute against Remedy in the UK over the rebranded logo that it released last year. Its logo now solely depicts the letter R, or sometimes it's styled with like Remedy underneath, which Take-Two seemingly believes is too similar to the rock star with the little star. What's your take on this? I get that it's companies trying to protect their intellectual property and their logo and stuff like that, but you's both have a fucking name that starts with an R and you have been too lazy to put the rest of the name in your logo, apart from Remedy, who sometimes do it below. <laughs> I mean, fuck off. Yeah. It just seems like, it's almost like, you know how sometimes there's these lawsuits because it's like, and there's no hunger for the lawsuit, but they're like, we have to be seen to be fighting this because if we just let this through, then other people will be able to challenge other stuff. It seems, it feels like something like that to me. Yeah, like, a little bit. Um, but I mean, 
the I think the old Remedy logo had the like bullet in the letter R, which obviously was around the era of Max Payne, which is why, but now they're much bigger than that. So I think that's why they've redone it. But are they not working together on a game? Um, are they not doing the Max Payne? Well, there's the Max Payne remake. Are they not? Are they not together for that? I can't remember. Possibly. I mean, uh, Rockstar did do Max Payne three, so they would have had to be in conjunction for that game. But I don't know if they've got anything to do with the remake. But yeah, it seems bizarre to me. I don't looking at them. I I don't see them being similar. It's two fucking logos are, but the Rockstar one has a star because it's Rockstar and they've clearly their R is in italics whereas Remedies is more of a sort of bold font. Mm-hmm. Like And if, being a font, you know... Oh, I'm big in font. So the Remedy, the Remedy R uh, is more like if anyone's ever used the font Headline, which I'm sure many of you will have, mm-hmm. uh, it's very much like that. Right. But I, I, you could probably find 10 other companies that have a logo that's an R. Like, just... I mean, if Rockstar not get bigger fucking fish to fry, they just fucking jailed a boy for life. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, another bit of news. After years of trouble development for the team over at GSC Game World, we finally have an official release date for Stalker 2. The open world shooter is coming to Xbox Game Pass on the 5th of September this year. I consider this another delay. I know people aren't really, because it wasn't given a date, but we were told, like, Q1 2024 or something like that. And my math tells me that this is Q3. So a bit of a delay, but we've got stuff to keep us going till then. So, and as I've stated before, I, I don't think this looks like a banger. Mm. So... Yeah, at least we've got a date now. Hopefully they can, hopefully they can get it out. Hopefully it's fucking great. I mean, my god, the conditions that this team have had to work in, and through, I mean, like with so much going on in the country, like potentially like loved ones involved, stuff like that. Not even just themselves. Like it's amazing that they've been able to even get this far to the True. point where they can yeah. release a game. Definitely. So fair fucks. I hope it's the fucking game of the year. That'd be a fucking amazing story if it was. But um, from what I've seen, it's it's maybe a down the line purchase for myself. Okay, so the Xbox Developer Direct event returned for 2024 and we got some more info and details on a number of games. So we'll just run through them. Um, so yeah, the show kicked off with Avowed, which is the upcoming game from Obsidian Entertainment and takes place in the same universe as the Pillars of Eternity franchise. Uh, they showed some of the info on the combat and weapons and as you'd expect in an RPG from developers of Fallout New Vegas and Outer Worlds, Avowed will include dialogue trees with difficult choices for players to make and they said it's coming in fall 2024 Yeah they did, they did It's been a long time coming so I do think it'll, I think it'll make this year Um yeah, I mean, so we're just sort of recording this right off the, like, hot off the press. I don't know what the the sort of consensus is on this. I thought that the world looked brilliant. Really, really cool. 
Like, so previously, when this was shown at the Xbox sort of E3 equivalent, mm-hmm. it got knocked for the graphics. Um, but I think the world looks pretty incredible. The character models, not so much. No, I agree. They, they did show when they were showing the sort of dialogue trees and detail in that, you know, you, you could clearly see the faces and the voice lip syncing part. And I was like, that's not amazing. No, it's not great at all. But at the same point, it was it's expected mm-hmm. like it's the same with uh, Bethesda and with Obsidian like they make these really good games with great scope and great worlds and great branching narratives and usually pretty decent combat but they've never been able to make a character that can have a meaningful like convincing conversation Mm. and so i don't know i mean i personally like fully expected it to be like that but i don't think that will detract from it too much because the people that love these type of games they love it for that other stuff that obsidian does so well Mm. like coming out of this despite the character models like i am pretty confident that's going to be a good game like a minimum eight out of ten game. Well, that's good, I've got it in my fantasy critic. I'm sure. Yeah, so. when I was talking to you about it, like I know people were avoiding it, and I think it was because of the sort of graphical showcase from mm-hmm. before. But pff, when did Obsidian make bad games? And they've been at this one for a while. I also thought as well that you could instantly tell it was made by the same people as the Outer Worlds, mm. which is not a bad thing because that's a fucking excellent game. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just, I, I really enjoy these type of games where they they do the narrative that impacts the world, or sort of give narrative choices that impact the world. I'll need to wait and see if it's definitely for me. Like that sort of fan, the more fantasy driven story isn't usually my thing, but what they did show the world looked really cool to explore. So, on the fence, but I think it'll be a good game. Okay. Uh, next up we saw Hailblade 2 so this was the first video game that was like sort of properly announced for the Xbox Series X and now like four years later we finally have a release date Craig 21st of May which was rumoured earlier in the week um, if you saw that Uh, we also got a new trailer for it obviously and the devs discussed the kind of more complex motion capture the brutal combat they've got going on audio design and a few other bits and pieces as well I thought it looked brilliant Mm. really really good I've been a little bit sceptical each time they've shown it before because they have very much leaned into how the scope's much bigger this time and it's going to be, I don't I don't know, everything was about how we've taken Hellblade and we've blown it up to make it bigger and better and I almost felt like what they showed tonight was like a reaction to that because they did say in a shorter narrative and like, not as shorter than the first game, but they, I feel like they were almost trying to tone it in and just say, mm. look, this is going to be like the first game, but we are expanding on elements like combat. And apparently the audio design is going to be even more impressive, which fucking, if they can pull that off, that'd mm. be some achievement. Um, but yeah, I feel like they sort of did a good job of, I don't know. I feel, I just feel like they did a better job this time of going, see if you like the first game this is going to be more, but better. Yeah. Obviously, we watched it on a YouTube stream, mm-hmm. so, you know, there 
as quality issues there, but it looked. Oh, it still looked brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of confidence in this now. Uh, I did say I can't remember whereabouts it was, Discord or Twitter or whatever. But like, I, I, I feel like even before the rumours, like I fully expected there to be a date given as soon as they announced this developer direct. I just don't think they could have got away with showing it again mm-hmm. and not dating it and may make sense. I think it had to be one of the ones that was was close to being ready. I know Xbox have obviously got stuff lined up for later in the year, so that seems like a pretty good start, this. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a little surprise because, you know, pre-show we were told the four studios that we were going to be going to, um, but Square Enix appeared um, with an update on Visions of Mana. So this is the first release on Xbox for the Mana series and it's also coming to PC and PlayStation when it launches this summer. We got a look at the upcoming RPGs, real-time action combat, monster design score and rideable mounts in the overworld. You can see my eyes glazing over. <laughs> this fucking was not for me. It's it's interesting, like... I, I mean, I skipped through half of this, just, like, sort of getting the cliff notes, because I was just... I don't know. I, I do think it's important for Xbox, because for so long they just sort of dismissed the Japanese market, and they're now trying to embrace it more. I don't think it's going to help, but I still think it's important to do it. And so getting these games on their platform and creating these relationships is important. I don't think the games will sell well on it. I don't think people come... Like, people don't pick up an Xbox to find these games, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there will be an audience for it, though. I, yeah, I mean, over time... I, 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 like I say, I still think it's important, even if this was to sell five copies, which maybe it will... Uh, I still think it would be important because you want to have these type of games on your platform mm-hmm. for down the line mm-hmm. uh, so that you are associated with them and people do have that expectation that things like this will come to Xbox, but it's not for me. Yeah. Uh, we also got a look at Ara History Untold, which is coming this fall. So it's a strategy game from Oxide Games. Um, the studio gave us a, a kind of ton of new information about the game, including the fact you no longer have to wait for your opponents to take their turn to keep playing. It's coming to PC and PC Game Pass this fall. Um, it was interesting, this one, because I, obviously I didn't know much about it prior to mm. watching what we saw. Um, it, it's one of these ones where I'm actually intrigued by it and I, I feel like I could get into it, but it's an investment. I would have to it's a huge investment. learn and put the time in to be able yeah. to enjoy it. It's one of and these I don't games, know if I've got that. <laughs> one of these games where you're talking about 50 hours to scratch the surface. Uh-huh. Everything they showed, I thought, that looks pretty cool. Like I know it's not they're not apples to oranges in terms of comparison, but like previously I have really enjoyed like Settlers, Age of Empires. Mm. Like I used to play those games quite a lot on PC when I was younger and really enjoyed them. And obviously this is like almost like it's, it's way beyond that mm-hmm. way beyond in terms of scope and stuff like that but even like i don't know i just had to sort of bow out of this whole sort of pocket of gaming mm-hmm. because i'm just like it's just it's the type of game that like people lose five thousand hours to mm-hmm. and i just i don't have the time for that no. <laughs> like but everything they showed it looked really cool different time periods Graphics looked really impressive. It looked like you had a lot of agency over how you want to rule, and the 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 fact that like most of these games are like 
turn based almost where you take your turn and you wait and stuff like that but it's more active like mm-hmm. where people can go at the same time like everything looks really cool about it but i need to steer clear <laughs> i need to, i can't get drawn into this no you can't sink time into that and also i mean i, I know it's coming to pc as well but it does feel like a game that would be better on pc yeah although i'm sure they will have x uh, mouse support on mm-hmm. xbox mm-hmm. And to round out the show, we got the Indiana Jones game, which we now know is called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Um, so it takes place mostly from a first-person perspective. There's puzzle-solving, combat with a good old iconic whip. Um, seems to be a bit of third-person rope swinging. They sort of did say that like for sort of environmental traversal and cutscenes, it'll be like third-person. Mm-hmm. Um, no date. It did just say sometime this year. Yeah, so interestingly, like everything else that said later this year was then listed as fall 2024, mm-hmm. whereas this just said 2024. I would put money on just now that this drops into 2025. Mm-hmm. I can see a delay coming in maybe August or something. I think it will come early 2025 if they're aiming for 2024, but I don't know. There's something... That just, I mean, I hope it look. That I thought this was the start of the show. I think they were right to leave this to last. Not that, not to diminish the likes of Hellblade, which I thought also looked incredible. But because we've seen that so many times, mm. it's almost a joke how many times we've seen it. That it was great getting a date, but it was still kind of more of the same. Whereas I thought this looked fucking brilliant, couchy, absolutely on the money. Earlier on, saying to me it'll be first person with third person elements, maybe a bit like your Bond game that you like. And he was fucking right on the money. Right on the money. Because that's exactly what it looks like and what it is. And I don't know. Beforehand, I had said I would rather the whole thing was third person. But seeing the footage that we saw, I think they've made the right choice. Mm. It looks fucking excellent. Really, really good. Machine Games are a really good studio. And um, it looked like a strong narrative. The whip looked really fun to use. Lots of puzzle solving, stealth. Um, And yeah, like I do usually prefer third person, but I think it's in the fact that it draws out to third person when you're like climbing or different things like that. I think that is a really good way to sort of give you the best of both worlds. Mm, Yeah. I, I thought it looked excellent. Absolutely excellent. The world looked really cool as well. Really diverse areas, high fidelity, Aye. And then they went on about the sort of high production values. They were showing you how they did the cutscenes, and then they had like a whole or- orchestra doing the score. Yeah. If if I knew this was coming this year, this would be one of my possibly my most anticipated game. This looked really fucking cool. What did you think? I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. Like I don't I don't have any investment in Indiana Jones. It's not. It's not a favourite of mine either. Yeah. Like it's not like I'm some sort of Indiana Jones. Not I don't even know a hundred percent if I've seen every film. Yeah, I've but definitely then, seen most of them. But I'm not like a big, huge Indiana Jones fan. Yeah, but then I suppose being like a Tomb Raider fan, like you know, it's going to be that kind of same puzzle mm. type exploration, and you know, the same kind of vibe. But I don't know. I just I I don't know. I don't think it looked amazing. If I'm being honest. Really? Um, that's fair enough i think it's it's interesting right so like earlier in the day on twitter i had seen like people saying stuff like ah well it's just going to be like a copy of uh, a copy of tomb raider or a copy of uncharted and i'm like 
Indiana Jones were around fucking long before Tomb Raider mm. and long before Uncharted, and those games stole a lot from Indiana Jones yeah, films. So you can now yeah. turn around when they're making a film, making a game based on a film that was about for fucking decades before these games came out, and mm. say that it's stealing from them <laughs> because that game was one hundred percent like true to Indiana Jones, mm. and that's no stealing from anybody. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be for everyone. I think when it comes out, you'll enjoy it. Oh, though. I think I'll play it and I'll enjoy it. I'm not yeah, saying it won't. It, had, but it, it, seemed, <laughs> it did seem to have an emphasis on puzzle solving, and mm. you do enjoy that. I do enjoy a wee puzzle. Yep. So I, th- I think you'll like it. Mm. But yeah, that was the. That's probably the highlight for me. Um, thought it was interesting as well that they were very. I don't know if this was a reaction to the sort of rumours about Xbox maybe putting their games on PlayStation. But they were very quick to put up coming to Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. S, PC, Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just, well, you would do that anyway, or was that a sort of subtle thing to just be like, not yet, we're not doing this yet. Maybe. This, I don't think this would have been the place to announce it, let's say that. But they didn't have to put that, they could have just said it's coming. But they chose to do that, and I wonder if that was was telling. Also, um, I don't know how many people noticed, I don't even know if you noticed actually, but right at the end when the guy, I think he was like one of the heads of Machine Games or something like that, was saying it was coming in 2024, in the background it was a little bit blurry, but you saw Todd Howard like peek up from behind a desk and steal an artifact and then duck back down behind the, <laughs> the counter. And it's obviously just a little playful thing, but I thought that was a cool touch. Todd Howard seems pretty invested in it, which gives me confidence as well. So yeah, overall, not what, well. What did you think of it overall? It was okay. I think they they had set the expectations pretty much of the games we were going to see. So mm-hmm. we saw the games that we knew we were going to see plus one wee extra that not really too fussed about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the only thing really that was missing. So yeah, like you say, they they told you what was coming, and I think in, t- in terms of that, they delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and they delivered with. It wasn't like they said going in. In the next twelve months, they didn't. They weren't that fucking stupid again. But <laughs> everything was twenty twenty four. Like I say, I still think Indiana Jones is going to slip into twenty twenty five. But it's all stuff that's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Like it was. It was basically like here's what's next for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Like this will be the next sort of four game, big four tempo games or whatever. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Which is cool. Um, I I do think that they could have come out beforehand. And being like, look, we all enjoyed Hi-Fi Rush. That was a really cool surprise. We won't be shadow dropping a game this time. Because the last few days, all I have seen mm-hmm. is, what are they going to shadow drop? What are they going to shadow drop? And they, they've put themselves in that position. But at the same point, you can't just be ready to shadow drop a fucking no, game exactly. every year. No, exactly. I think they're right to... like to not do it now but if they have something you know yeah within the year or next uh-huh. year whatever then do it when it suits and to be like, honest like, the worst thing they could probably have done was do it again this yeah, year because if they did it two years in a row then, then it's like up. you better fucking have a game ready to shadow drop every year yeah exactly so but I, I think i don't know if it was me i would have maybe just a wee social media post just to be like look i know everyone was excited but just expectations we're mm. not shadow dropping a game mm. because i don't know the internet can overreact I don't know if they have. I'll find out after we record this. Probably have. (laughs) Yeah. Probably have. 
<laughs> but yeah, good start, I think. Um, I like this. I hope Xbox do this each year. It's a really good way to just sort of be like, here's what we've got coming. This is what we are planning for this year. I like, I like the transparency. So it's that time of the episode where we turn to our movie selection and we share our thoughts and review a movie pick. And this week it was Tropic Thunder from way back in 2008. So Tropic Thunder is a satirical action comedy film directed by Ben Stiller. The story revolves around a group of self-absorbed actors shooting a big-budget war film, also titled Tropic Thunder, in Southeast Asia. When the production faces multiple setbacks, the frustrated director decides to drop the pampered actors into a real jungle, unaware that they are about to stumble into the middle of a drug war. The actors, played by stars like Ben Stiller, Jack Black and Robert Downey Jr., initially believe that they're participating in an elaborate special effects laden simulation. However, they soon find themselves over their heads as they encounter a real drug lord and his armed Metallia. Unbeknown to them, the danger is real and the actors must find a way to survive the hostile environment they've been thrust into, all while the film crew continues to capture their every move. As the actors struggle to differentiate reality from fiction, Tropic Thunder explores themes of celebrity culture, the nature of war films and the absurdity of Hollywood. The film cleverly blends humour with action, providing hilarious and thought-provoking commentary on the entertainment industry. Craig, what's your initial thoughts on this movie? I've always been a big fan <laughs> of this film. I saw it back when it first released. I've probably seen it half a dozen times since, maybe more. I probably watch it about on average about once every year or two. I, I really like it. I think it's it's really, really good. And I like how they have so many sort of like fish out of water moments. Like they've got such a great cast. But, yeah, I think that's the, the one of the most striking things for me, the cast. And don't be wrong, like a lot of them who starred in this in 2008 have gone on to be in bigger and better things. But even back then, you're like, whoa, look, 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 it is. Like, I know. I remember at the time uh, seeing it in the cinema. Because at the time, I'm, I'm sure when it was first released, it was a secret that Tom Cruise was in it. Mm. Like he wasn't listed beforehand. I think that's the case. But for some reason, I don't know why, I just didn't. I kept looking at him going, I fucking recognise that guy. But it was like three quarters of the way through the film or something, my pal nudged me and went, that's fucking, that's, that's fucking Tom Cruise. And I was like, holy shit, it is. And you just don't expect that. Like, yeah. I don't know that. I recognised his voice straight away. swearing for Tom Cruise. But yeah. So yeah, Ben Stiller said nearly all aspects of his character were developed by Tom Cruise. So including the dancing and the look of the makeup. And he said that in addition to the more obvious like makeup effects applied to his face and his head and the extra hair on his arms and chest, um, he also decided to play the character wearing oversized prosthetic hands. Which yeah, I, was like, I think I pointed that out to you. I was yeah. like, because his hands are fucking huge. Yeah. And you know that scene where they, it's um, Flo Rida, Low, yeah. that song? So that actually was added in post-production because that song wasn't like a massive hit. Oh. when they were recording but obviously it became a hit and they just thought oh it's perfect let's put that in here yeah. so but it worked really well didn't it the boy that plays his assistant's really good as well i mm -hmm. like him can't think of what his name is but he's he's good in all the stuff he's in yeah he was like the captain for a fucking hot minute in brooklyn 99 right. and stuff like yeah. that like he's he's always good but yeah just a great cast i mean one of the other things again i mentioned this to you last night when we watched it but i 
I was not a fan of Jack Black before this film. I just didn't like the guy. Like, I would actively avoid watching films that he was in. I knew he wasn't a bad actor, but there was just something about him that rubbed me up the wrong way. But after this film, I think I've enjoyed him in most stuff I've seen him in. Mm. And this was the turning point. I thought he was brilliant in it. Uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Like, just <laughs> absolutely. It's the way, like... One of the best compliments I can give this film, right, is that it really does straddle that line of having a laugh about racism in many different ways, but doing it in a way that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And there's so many films that are like this that you would watch now and go, that might get, that might get taken off a streaming platform because it was okay 15 years ago, but the way that's portrayed now, not. But even watching that the other night, I'm like, no, they still, even by today's standards, I think they straddled the line well enough that it's funny, but it's not bordering into being genuinely offensive. Yeah. yeah. Like Rob, Robert Downey Jr. just completely committing to being a black character. And they, they do mention a few times that he, he lives the role, but there's so many times they have to be like, you're not black. And he's just like, he's got this look in his face as if, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I, yes, I am. But he's like, I know, but he doesn't know. Because he's so, he's so in deep. Um, yeah. Great. In fact, I, I say that, right? But obviously there is the line, you never go full retard. That's mm. maybe not yeah, socially so acceptable now. But again, that's, that's too funny not to be accepted. Because that's a fucking great line. Yeah, again, in the, the sort of trivia I said, there was like six, several disability advocacy groups that criticised the whole Simple Jack subplot um, and like some of the scenes obviously for their particular repeated use of the word retard um, It was too funny though Yeah, um, but apparently like they, they didn't, ch- like they did consider like editing it but then they didn't change the film um, and the scenes were meant to sort of satirise emotionally exploitive exploitive depictions of mental disability in movies such as like Rain Man, Forrest Gump um, I think they as made... well as the actors who play these roles so I think they made the right call mm. I do like yeah I, I take it back in that one instance I can see especially nowadays that being not acceptable the rest of it I think they, they straddled the line well but yeah you could you could certainly make that claim but I think it was it was done with enough clearly intended humour not mm. to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. satire, mm-hmm. that it was just... I mean, that was funny. It was genuinely funny. Um, another fun fact, the water buffalo that Jack Black rides, there's a scene where he's... Yeah. Um, it turned out to be pregnant, so the cast and crew um, yeah, came to set one morning and she was there just nursing a newborn calf, so... Fucking hell. Yeah. That's all you need, heavily pregnant fucking Jack Black riding you. <laughs> <laughs> was the was the baby his? Yeah. We got uh, quite a bit of feedback on this film, unsurprisingly. Um, uh, L. Chapmano said one of the best modern comedies. The whole Robert Downey Jr. playing a white guy who plays a black guy is so tongue in cheek and wouldn't fly today. I actually disagree. I think it would fly today. Like I think he does it with enough nuance that mm-hmm. it's okay. Uh, but yeah, totally agree. That was one of the highlights for me. 
Ewan, Game and Laldi, says, I love this film, was just comedic actors all getting together and having a laugh, which I totally agree. And like we've spoken about this before with certain comedies where you can tell that they had fun filming it. And that comes through, I think. And you can tell in the performances that they were obviously... Like, I, I get the distinct feeling that there's a lot of funny outtakes from this film yeah. and that they probably a lot of it was unscripted yeah, yeah. they ad-libbed quite a bit took the best bits yeah even stuff like like Danny McBride he's quite a small mm. character in it but Danny McBride I, I think most stuff sometimes he goes a bit too deep in but I think most stuff he's pretty good but uh, yeah at one point he's like he's having a fit about uh, setting off the explosives and like he just turns and he looks at this Chinese guy and says, "This guy's making a goddamn sweater back here," and it's like little off the cuff comments like that, just like totally stereotyping yeah. people. It's just really good, really really good. Jack Black with the drugs, um, when he just goes absolutely mental, like he's clearly like a heroin addict and he's out of drugs because they've been dumped out in the out in the forest, in the in the jungle. And then when they come across that camp and it's like a fucking heroin distribution factory and they essentially have to tie him up because he's just going to commando into the place and steal all the drugs. He doesn't even care about saving Ben Stiller. He just knows there's a big a big stash of drugs. Uh, really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. The director's name being Cockburn. Mm. Like, no need for that, but it's funny. Yeah, It's just funny. Him getting blown up with a landmine. And them just like Ben Stiller running about with his head. Yeah, and not realising that it's real. Yeah. And yeah. it's in, in turn scaring off the actual militia because they're like, holy shit, this guy's mental when he's just trying to play a part. Like I just the story was good. It had a really strong narrative, it had strong characters playing funny roles, mm. clearly invested in their characters and having a laugh with it, which brought out the best in them. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good film. I would have liked to have seen it get a sequel. Yeah, actually. like I think they could have done. I know a lot of people will say, "Well, it's it's clearly just like a sort of one and done thing." But they could have had, I don't know, another movie yeah. plot of sorts. Not with some uh, of the same don't, actors. Don't call it Tropic Thunder no. too, but call it I don't know whatever the name of the next film is. And it's like it doesn't have to be all the same actors, but maybe yeah. get two or three back with two or three new folk and mm. do the, do a similar sort of thing. Mm. Obviously, a completely different story, but it's actors playing actors. Yeah. Because uh, I do feel like it was a strong narrative and it's something they could have done more with. Mm, definitely. What would you rate it in the form of pies, please? Um, well, you decide. I'll say that I'm going to pick a four. My delay is because I feel like it's a 4.5. We don't, we don't do 0.5. We don't. So, fuck me. Some of the shit we've watched, I'll go a 5. Yeah. Just because we've watched some fucking shit. Yeah, not many things pushed to that 5. So, yeah, go yeah. for it if you feel that it's too um, it. The problem is that I look at it, and because obviously during like Christmas and stuff, mm. like we do good films, and I'm like, I gave Die Hard a 5. It's not Die Hard, but I've probably gave a 4 to films that are not as good as this. Mm. So... Any port in a storm, you know? I'll go five. 
Okay, well, thank you. And thanks to everyone for sticking it through to the end and listening. If you don't already follow us on our socials, then please make sure you do so. Links are in the description. And if you can, recommend our podcast to any gaming friends if they're looking for something new to listen to. And if you're not part of our Discord, then feel feel free to join that as well. Before we close it down. Yes. (laughs) Um, And yeah. That is us for this week. We shall chat to you again very soon. It has been a pleasure for you. Overnight. Goodbye.